Talk about your business is the T in result, which is the last step, the step six of the marketing formula. It's all about networking skills, creating your elevator pitch and learn how to build rapport easily to, in today's episode. The Startup Student Podcast, the podcast for students who want to be their own boss, where students and experts from across the world and I, Christine, give you practical advice. We are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business, as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life. Turn your idea into reality. I'm your host, Christine. Let's start this episode. Welcome, welcome to this episode and in the last five episodes actually we talked about the first five steps of the marketing formula. A quick reminder of the acronym result, recognize yourself, all about a powerful marketing mindset as well as discovering your values. Step two, evaluate the market, looking at market competitors and your ideal client. Step three, show them what you've got. It's about product development and your story creation. Step four, uniting your knowledge where you create a one-year marketing plan. And step five was all about launching new activities where we looked at some time management tips that also will help you with your student life. Now we are talking about your business, step six. And it's all about networking skills, the elevator pitch and building report easily, but why? because having your perfect elevator pitch ready will help you to say what you do in an understandable way. By learning how to build rapport, you will be able to build relationships quicker. And what is networking actually? Some people might be scared of networking as they think it's a very formal thing in which they have to, do con in which they have to convince people to buy their product and service. Don't get me wrong, some networking events are like that and for a lot of people it works. I personally prefer the networking events in which you can build relationships with people and make friends. Meet new people and tell them what you do and why you do it. This way they will connect with you and will remember you easily. Coming also back to the storytelling that we were talking about before. Let me go through some networking tips with you. Although these might sound basic to you, it's always good to remind yourself of those. Arriving on time. If you go to networking events, especially to the ones where there's a speaker, so someone who gives like a little workshop or maybe a speech, it would be good if you can arrive on time so you don't interrupt the speaker or whatever is going on. Allow plenty of time to arrive so you don't have to arrive in a hurry as well. Wear appropriate clothes is really important. So find out beforehand what kind of networking event it is and if it has a dress code. Some of them might be formal, some of them might be even informal. You don't really want to be over or underdressed. If you can't find out about the dress code, I suggest dressing smart, casual. Always dress, though, in a way you are comfortable with. Don't wear something that you don't feel comfortable in, because it will reflect on what you're doing, the way people will perceive you, because subconsciously you're giving out these signals and you're not really comfortable in your own way. Always have enough business cards with you. Always, always, always. There's nothing worse than going to a networking event not having enough business cards with you. This is what people expect from you and will ask you for as well. Don't forget to smile. Sometimes people forget to have a friendly facial expression. And when you look friendly, it is more likely that other people will approach you and talk to you. And this is what you want when you're going to a networking event, isn't it? So don't forget to smile. Watch out for your body language. So look at people's body language to see if they welcome you into their conversation. If they, for example, stand in a closed circle, it shows they're really engrossed 
in a conversation and don't really want to be disturbed. But if they stand openly, that usually means they welcome other, another person into their conversation. Another thing to look into is to the preparation. Think about what you want to get out of each networking event before you actually go there. Check out what kind of people are there. Do you want to connect with industry experts? Do you want to find potential clients? Do you want to find potential business partners? What is it that you want out of a networking event? Have a think before you go to any of those. Also, and this is what I mentioned at the beginning, have your elevator pitch ready. Now, an elevator pitch is um, explaining to people in a short, concise, understandable way what you're doing in within 60 seconds usually. And it has this name because imagine you step into an elevator, into a lift, and someone asks you, what do you do? And you have about 60 seconds to explain to that person what exactly it is that you're doing. And it sounds easy, but usually it's more difficult than you think. I can't tell you how often I went to networking events asking this question <laughs> and then had someone talking for 20 minutes, not understanding what they're actually doing. And depending on the networking events, you might have st to stand up and we'll have 60 seconds to give you elevator pitch. So be prepared. Even if you don't have to stand up, it will help you to answer the questions. What do you do? Much easier. Make sure the elevator pitch is tailored to the networking participants rather to a generic one. And if it is a networking group where you already know someone of the members, make sure you introduce new members to the ones you already know. They will be really grateful for that and you can um, be kind of a connector between those people. And try to help as much as you can. Your approach to networking should really be to help as many people as you can, not to sell to them. They will realize the difference and will appreciate it. And they also will, if they're interested, want to find out more anyway about what you're doing. And this is indirect selling if you want. So it's not about hard selling. It's about telling people what you do in a nice way, in an easy way, and why you're doing things to keep people interested in what you're doing, no? And then there's a follow-up. Make sure you follow up with people that you have met and have taken the business card from. Because follow up with what you have promised is really important. Sometimes people tell me, oh yeah, I will send you this and that. I never hear from them again. Or, oh yeah, I will connect you to this person. And they never do. It's not a good light, no? So make sure you uh, deliver what you promised at the networking event and follow up. And I usually write on business cards the things that I um, wanted to do for that person so I don't forget. Sometimes I also write on the business card some... Um, appearances of the person to remind me easier who that person is so if they were uh, wearing a specific shirt for example or a hat maybe or something like that it will make it easier for me to remember also stuff i uh, i talked to them about during the networking event that might be interesting facts about their life uh, do they have children where did they go on holiday um, or something like that i usually write down on a business card and then next time I see them, I can remind myself, ah, this person called John that was wearing this shirt and that hat went on holiday uh, to France. So next time I meet him, I can ask him how the holiday in France was. Building rapport easily. And even if you didn't promise anything specific to them, make sure you follow up with an email telling them how nice it was to meet them and maybe uh, also send them a LinkedIn request to broaden your network on there. Let's move on to an elevator pitch. Like I said, the term comes from a situation in which you might be in an elevator and someone asks you what do you do and you have about 60 seconds to answer. 
in a concise and understandable way before that person leaves the elevator again. And again, as mentioned earlier, there's different events for networking. In some of them, you have literally 60 seconds in which you stand up and give your elevator pitch. In others, you meet people and reveal your passion in a conversation. And I want to give you a structure of an elevator pitch, which is the one that you can use for standing up and having 60 seconds to introduce your business. However, I suggest that you create your elevator pitch using the structure below, regardless whether you're going to those kind of networking events or not, as this will help you to being concise, answering the question, what do you do? Because once you go through this, okay, I have my 60 seconds ready, then you also are able to answer the question because someone comes to, up to you on a, at a networking event. Oh, what do you do? Uh, obviously, you don't stand there and give your rattle down your elevator pitch. You, it's more like a conversation, but you might start with the same thing that you say at your elevator pitch. And then um, there might be a follow-up question. Oh, okay, how do you do that? And then you might start with another uh, part of the elevator pitch. But let's go through that 60-second elevator pitch structure. Introducing yourself. State your name and title. So, for example, my name is Christine and I'm the marketing and creative startup coach. So, tell already people a little bit about yourself, what you're doing, and maybe gets them curious about. Then you state the problems that your client have and you explain what issues your clients usually have. For example, my clients are usually overwhelmed with marketing, don't understand what it is and want to get a better understanding of it. This is what I mean by um, explaining a bit further what kind of clients you usually work with. And this is what you need to tailor to the networking events, depending what you want to get out of the event and who is at the networking event. Because if I would like to promote uh, the startup support side a bit more, then I would change that. But in this case, I chose maybe to promote my marketing services more. Then you follow with your solution. You state your solution, for example, I developed a program that will make marketing easy for people. It's called the marketing formula, six steps that will make marketing easy for you. And super quickly go through the six steps. Then you, if you have, give some examples of your work. If you already work with a client, already sold your product and have got a review, for example. So why not explain how you actually work by giving examples. So for example, you can work with me in different ways, one-to-one -one or using my online courses. With one of my clients, I, for example, did this. Da -da 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 -da. Your ideal client, describe your ideal client so they actually know if you're, right, if you're the right person to work with or recommend uh, you to someone they know. So for example, my ideal client is a startup and is two, two years into their startup journey and are now ready for marketing their business properly. Da -da 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 -da. And then you have a call to action. Finish your 60 seconds with a call to action. What do you want them to do afterwards? If you know anyone who needs help with their marketing, either planning or actually implementation, please ask them to drop me an email at hello at creativestartupacademy.com, for example. Now, explaining to you the elevator pitch took longer than 60 seconds, of course. But this is why you have to really rehearse it. And also time yourself, because really at some networking events, they give you 60 seconds and that's it, not more. And they time you sometimes. <laughs> uh, there's also some alternatives to a 60 second pitch I want to give you, because they're quite interesting to go through just as an exercise. And they um, were published by Daniel Pink, uh, who published an article in which he outlined alternative to an elevator pitch. And they're really worth considering just to go through. It's a fun exercise. So here it goes.
you have a one-word pitch, think about one word that will describe your business best. One word. You have to do one word. So you're coming from 60 seconds to just one word. Maybe you look into the subject line pitch. Think about a subject line for your email that describes your business. There's something that you can call the Pixar pitch. This is a storytelling way to talk about your business and you fill in the blanks as for the statement I'm giving you now. Once upon a time, <laughs> every day, <laughs> but one day, <laughs> because of that, because of that, until finally, sounds very funny actually when I say it like this, but <laughs> we're basically the blanks you fill in. So it's more like a Pixar storytelling, once upon a time. This and the Christian had the dream to support all the startups in the world and support the students in starting their own business. So every day she did this and that, but one day she discovered that. This was about the elevator pitch and the alternatives that you can use a few networking tips. Now I want to talk to you about building rapport. There are many ways to build rapport with a person. So quicker trust and relationships between people that you have not met at networking events for example or if you meet a possible client or a co-founder um, maybe uh, uh, someone that you want to start uh, something a project with at university and i will talk about two ways in here the body language and the words you're using and picking up on other people's body language as well as your own is really important to build rapport you can match or mirror the body language of a person that you want to build the rapport with. Their brain will subconsciously pick up on your body language and feel more at ease. If you see couples in a restaurant, for example, you will see that they have strong rapport and their body language will mirror that. Now, matching body language means that you will match what the other person is doing. For example, the person is crossing their arms and you cross your legs. This is more a subtle way of mirroring because mirroring is when you actually do exactly what the other person is doing. So they are crossing their legs, you cross your legs. They're crossing their arms, you cross your arms. With this one, you need to be mindful not to overdo it, obviously. <laughs> so matching, you do some a similar thing, but in a different way. Not crossing your arms, but instead crossing your legs. Mirroring is doing it like you were a mirror and do exactly the same. Talking about words. Uh, even though you might speak in to a person in the same language, so for example in English, like I do now to you, it might not be clear to that person what you're actually saying. Did you, for example, ever had to brief someone on a task, explain someone the task, and you thought you were super clear, uh, and it couldn't be any clearer, but the outcome was completely different to what you expected? And this is because you have actually used a different language, even though it was maybe... English, talking to an English person. And every per person has a preferred system, they call it, it comes from neurolinguistic programming. And they're either visual, which is about seeing things, auditory, hearing things, olfactory, smell, gustatory, the taste, or kinesthetic, which is about the feeling side of things, oriented. Okay, it doesn't mean they have, uh, they're only that way. Sometimes it's also a mixture of two. Um, but usually someone has a preferred way, a preferred system. And if you're uh, speaking to a non-English speaker, 
it might be uh, more difficult to determine what their preferred system is and also the same for you if you are not a native English person it might be more difficult for you to determine what is your preferred system because you and they might use certain words or phrases they have learned so try out first what your preferred system is and then you can start analyzing people you're talking to to see what theirs is um, so for example you listen carefully to the words they're using and you can then identify the most used direction and i'll give you some examples in a second to uh, really understand this better but once you figure out what the other person's preferred system is you can then improve your communication with them by adjusting to their preferred system so first you need to figure out what are you i'm a kinesthetic person touchy-feely person <laughs> i like hugging people um, being close to people talking to them um, more than in the digital age where you do everything online and since the coronavirus most of the stuff obviously moved online and you're the social distancing stuff and things like that but i really prefer being with a person and uh, being close to them so you need to figure out what your preferred system is and then you can figure out what other people's preferred system is and you can be aware of the language and the words that they're using so for example visual people might use visual words like highlight I see what you mean, it's clear to me, stuff like that. Auditory, uh, some expressions they might use is that rings a bell, talking, I hear what you're saying. So you see the difference? I see what you mean, I hear what you're saying. This is what I meant earlier with being aware of the non-native speaking language. So if you're speaking in English, like I do now, but I'm German, uh, it's... it's uh, not easy maybe to figure out if that person says i hear what you're saying because it's a learned phrase or because it's their preferred system then you have uh, gustatory and olfactory so the smell and the taste and they might use things like uh, flavorful tough to swallow this is mouth watering and then the kinesthetic people that is the feeling excited i need to get a feel for it these kind of things this was it the step six where we are talking about your business the t in result the last one of the marketing formula six steps that will make marketing easy and um, we looked into networking uh, skills and a few networking tips uh, how to create your elevator pitch for 60 seconds looked into the alternatives of one word pitch the subject line the pixar pitch and then building rapport by using body language, matching and mirroring, or by actually figuring out your words. I hope you enjoy the marketing formula. You can get the marketing formula as a book on Amazon, as a printed book, as a Kindle, in large print even, you, but you have listened to it now here on this podcast. It's also available as an online course in my Creative Startup Academy online community. Remember to send me an email, hello at creativestartupacademy.com to get student discount for the subscription of my online community. And um, I'm looking forward to talking to you in the next episode.
That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.